No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives a parable about two adulterous sisters. The elder is Samaria and the younger is Jerusalem. They both played the harlot with foreign men. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 23 on Simply the Bible. Some things in the Bible are graphic. God does not withhold the truth even when it is horrifying or sickening. This chapter before us today illustrates the unfaithfulness of God's covenant brides in explicit terms. Ezekiel's purpose was to show the grossness of Samaria and Jerusalem's promiscuity. This describes the lust both nations had for foreign nations rather than trusting in Yahweh to protect and provide for them. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 23. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. They committed harlotry in Egypt. They committed harlotry in their youth. Their breasts were there embraced. Their virgin bosom was there pressed. Their names, Ahola, the elder, and Ohalaba, her sister. They were mine. And they bore sons and daughters. As for their names, Samaria is Ahola and Jerusalem Aholaba. Even in the days of their youth in Egypt, these two sisters were sexually active. This was figurative for their willingness to go after Egyptian gods. But they belonged to Yahweh and had given him sons and daughters. Ohola, the elder, was Samaria, the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. Ahalaba, the younger, was Jerusalem of the southern kingdom of Judah. Ahola means her tent, and Ahalaba means my tent is in her. The word tent implied a sanctuary. Samaria's tent was of her own making, for she had set up golden calves in Bethel and in Dan. But God had placed his tent in Jerusalem where he dwelt in the temple. Ohola played the harlot even though she was mine. And she lusted for her lovers, the neighboring Assyrians, who were clothed in purple, captains and rulers, all of them desirable young men, horsemen, riding on horses. Thus she committed her harlotry with them, all of them choice men of Assyria, And with all for whom she lusted, with all their idols, she defiled herself. Now, as the Assyrians became a world-dominating power, Samaria lusted for them. She was attracted by their purple uniforms and desirable young men. So she committed sexual immorality with them. She depended upon them for help against her enemies. Now, there was an archaeological discovery of the black obelisk of the Assyrian king Shalmaneser III, and in it it mentions Jehu, son of Omri, and pictures him bowing down to the Assyrian monarch. While this was not specifically mentioned in the Bible, Israel, we know, was threatened by Syria, and to counter that threat, 
It is likely that Jehu allied himself with Assyria and submitted himself as a vassal, bringing tribute to the Assyrian king. Now, we know that Menahem and Hoshea, two later kings of Israel, also paid tribute to Assyria. The prophet Hosea rebuked Israel for depending on Assyria rather than on Yahweh. But Samaria's lust for the Assyrians was not limited to political alliances. She also worshipped the Assyrian idols, concluding that their gods must be more powerful than Yahweh. It never crossed her mind that she had become weak before this foreign power because of her own rebellion. Verse 8, She has never given up her harlotry brought from Egypt, for in her youth they had lain with her, pressed her virgin bosom, and poured out their immorality upon her. Therefore I have delivered her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians for whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness, took away her sons and daughters, and slew her with the sword. She became a byword among women, for they had executed judgment on her. Now, Samaria's harlotry had its roots in Egypt when she was first fondled in her youth by the foreign lovers. Therefore, God delivered her into the hand of her lovers. The Assyrians, whom she had reached out to for help, turned and attacked her and then conquered her with the sword. They took away her sons and daughters when the Assyrians took captive the ten tribes of the northern kingdom. Samaria's dependence upon the Assyrians proved to be her ruin. This occurred in 722 B.C. Verse 11. Now, although her sister Ohalaba saw this, she became more corrupt in her lust than she, and in her harlotry more corrupt than her sister's harlotry. So Jerusalem witnessed everything that had happened to Samaria and how treacherous the Assyrians had been, but she failed to learn the lesson. In fact, she became even more promiscuous than her older sister. She lusted for the neighboring Assyrians, captains and rulers, clothed most gorgeously, horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable young men. Then I saw that she was defiled, both took the same way. So in the days of King Ahaz of Judah, Israel and Syria had banded together to oppose the Assyrian threat and they sought to bring Judah into an alliance with them. When King Ahaz refused, they attacked Judah. And rather than trusting in Yahweh for deliverance, as the prophet Isaiah told him to do, Ahaz reached out to the Assyrian king for protection. So he basically did the same thing that Samaria had done. Consequently, Judah became a vassal of Assyria for the next century. But she increased her harlotry. She looked at men portrayed on the wall, images of Chaldeans portrayed in vermilion, girded with belts around their waists, flowing turbans on their heads, all of them looking like captains in the manner of the Babylonians of Chaldea, the land of their nativity. As soon as her eyes saw them, she lusted for them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. So after the death of Josiah, his son Jehoiakim 
was defeated by Pharaoh Necho and then had to pay the Egyptians tribute. So they didn't like that. So they began to uh, court the Chaldeans. They saw that they were powerful, that they were conquering nations. They were attracted by their images portrayed in bright red and girded with belts around their waist. And they, of course, reached out to the Babylonians for help. And King Jehoiakim ended up being a vassal to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon for three years. But then he rebelled against uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. And verse 17, Then the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their immorality. So she was defiled by them and alienated herself from them. So this speaks here of the fact that Jehoiakim tried to rebel against King Nebuchadnezzar after having jumped into bed with them uh, and then wanting to rebel against them, being disgusted by them. And then the Babylonians came in in 605 BC and uh, brought many of the people captive, including Daniel and his three friends um, as a result. So, She revealed her harlotry and uncovered her nakedness. Then I alienated myself from her as I had alienated myself from her sister. So rather than looking to the Lord for their help, they had trusted in the Babylonians. And so God said, I became disgusted with them or I alienated myself from them. Yet she multiplied her harlotry in calling to remembrance the days of her youth when she had played the harlot in the land of Egypt. You see, all of this had its roots back in Egypt when she had been unfaithful there and had gone after the Egyptian gods. And though God was able to take Israel out of Egypt, he was never really successful in taking Egypt out of Israel. They still had a lust and a desire for these foreigners and their gods. For she lusted for her paramours, whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Thus you call to remembrance the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians pressed your bosom because of your youthful breasts. And so, Again, this gets very graphic. Ezekiel is saying, look, you're, you lusted over their, their flesh, their, their genitals, as though they were those of donkeys and whose issue is like horses. Very graphic, very descriptive uh, to just show how far they had gone down the road. God's chosen people had become so desensitized to their own infidelity. They were far more promiscuous with their illicit lovers than they had realized. And so Ezekiel used such graphic terms to hopefully rouse them from their complacency, to get them to see how far they had drifted away from the Lord. None of them would have permitted such lewdness and adultery from their own wives. And yet these were the things they had done to their faithful husband, Yahweh. But Amazingly, even after all this, God would still take them back and cleanse them from their immorality. And of course, when he would bring the southern kingdom back from Babylon, back into their land, they no more would have anything to do with idols. The question we must ask ourselves is, am I fully trusting in the Lord for my protection, my provision, 
and my perfection? Am I looking to him for all that I need? Is he Yahweh to me? Is he I am, the becoming one, all that I need? Or am I looking to someone or something else? Am I seeking to know and to please the Lord? Or am I lusting after the idols of this age, thinking that they will somehow meet my needs? May God search our hearts and may we search our own hearts. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are astounded by the things in your word that sometimes are very graphic and yet really put things in terms that we can understand. Lord, how you look at it when your people, Lord, are unfaithful to you, when they turn away from you, though you have been our shepherd, our protector, our healer, our provider. Lord, forgive us where we have turned away from you, turned aside to the things of this world, to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, to the pride of life. Father, forgive us. We pray, God, that you would work in us and reveal to each person today who's listening to this how much you love them, how faithful you are, and even how willing you are to forgive us of our sins if we will just come back to you and seek you with all of our hearts. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. On Monday, we will return to the book of Nehemiah, where the people celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. As they listen to the word being read, they confess their sins and rededicate their lives. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's word on Simply the Bible.